Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's message. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. We have Bible software programs. Take phrases and look where else that phrase was used throughout the Bible. And I was reminded that James gave us instructions and what it takes to draw near. Let me just read it to you. In James chapter 4, verse 8, he says this. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Now, how do I do that? He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. So if I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing, I need to stop. It's a description of repentance, okay? It's a description of repentance from sin. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. And listen to this. This is so un-American. This is not American Christianity. Lament and mourn and weep. What do you mean? Aren't we supposed to just be happy? I think before we could be happy in the Lord, we have to weep over our sin. We have to mourn over the separation between God and man. And then we're born again. And then we get right with God. And then you rejoice in the Lord. Okay? He says, let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. We just talk about if you're living in sin, you need to have a, that's a picture of repentance. You weep over that. You mourn over that. And instead of laughing about it, the things we laugh about that's sinful, we need to shed a tear over. And how could that happen? Well, the next verse describes that. Humble yourselves in the sight of God, and he'll lift you up. You know, one of the big problems, not just in America, but around the world, that keeps people from God is pride. That's what was the downfall of the devil, pride. I'm good. I'm, I deserve more than this. I deserve what I deserve, right? No, can I be honest with you? I deserve hell. But I'm grateful that I don't get hell. But I get amazing grace because God made him who knew no sin to become sin for me. That as I put my trust in him, he gives me his righteousness. And it's the righteousness to all and upon all who believe. I'm grateful for that. So, and it, but it starts with repentance and humbling yourself before God. Now, the New Testament Christian has to come to God, of course, with a pure heart and a clean conscience. Uh, and matter of fact, in your growth groups, you're going to look at some First John passages that talk about the importance of purity in your walk with God. But there's another part that almost conflicts or contradicts here. As we look at verse 22, it says, it says that you, you let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith, having, listen to this, our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. If you're a Christian, this should be past tense. We've, I've already had my heart sprinkled because I got saved. And I've already had my bodies washed. Actually, I only have one body. But my body washed because it was signified in baptism. So he's talking about something that should have already taken place in the past. 
If you're a New Testament believer, this should be past tense. I like the way Dodds, one commentary, puts it. He says, these principles express not conditions of approach to God, which are yet to be achieved, but conditions already possessed. If you're born again, if you're a child of God, you've had your heart sprinkled. He's already sprinkled you with pure water, filled you with his Holy Spirit. You've been baptized. You've come out of the closet, so to speak. It says, I'm a believer. And, and now you've just got to keep your hands clean and keep your heart pure before him and keep walking with him. And that, that inward happening of your heart was expressed, hopefully, in the outward action of baptism. Now, we could draw near because several issues are settled. The problem of access to God has been settled. The problem of a perfect high priest has been settled. The problem of a moral and spiritual pollution in our lives has been settled by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the new covenant makes it possible for us to draw near to God through faith and confidence in Christ. Could I say this? Confidence and faith in Christ. That's another big difference between man-made religions and the true religion of God. My confidence is not in me. I come boldly before the throne of grace, but not because it's like, yep, he likes me, I'm good. No, it's because in Christ is my righteousness. And as I put my faith in him, he is more than my covering. He is my righteousness, and he has made me righteous. I like the way uh, Hebrews 7, which we've covered some time back, Hebrews seven nineteen says, For the law made nothing perfect, but on the other hand, there's a bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. So folks, we're all in a journey, we're all in process, we're drawing near. And in verse 22, it also introduces us to the first foundational and essential elemental principle of, our, of, of the Christian religion. Okay, There's faith, hope, and love. And in verse 22, did you catch that? <clears throat> it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Now, by the way... Um, this, our hope without wavering for you promised is, is true. Now, I realize in my, in my uh, notes I, I emphasize faith. But the word here, by the way, in the King James, in verse 22, it uses the word faith. But actually, most, all the other translations, because of the Greek, actually says hope. So faith, hope, and love. We'll find that in our text today. Matter of fact, it's Paul who gave us this principle in the love chapter, right? And first, in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, he says, For now abide faith, hope, and and love, and the greatest is love. So watch for these as we, we finish our text off today and read through it. So number one is draw near to God in faith and hope. And look at, again, verse 22. That's in verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. There's the word faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Okay, there's the word faith. Now, the second principle of our salad, is let us hold fast. That's found in verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Now, let me retract something I said a moment ago. I mixed them up, because when it says our uh, hope in verse 23, your King James uh, says faith there, but it's hope uh, in the Greek, and all of your other translations put it there. I mixed that up a little bit. Okay, so let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Now, I gave you a couple lines because there's some things you want to write in there. I want you to remember who this, this book was written to. It's called Hebrews. It's written to Jewish believers who were under persecution, and they were being pressured to draw back. They were being pressured and tempted to retreat and to go backwards. 
And so let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Have you ever wavered in your, in your faith? Have you ever wavered in your hope? I had such great hope, but now... Uh, have you ever been tempted to waver? How do you keep from wavering? The question is, how do you keep from wavering? The answer is, keep your eyes on Jesus. Okay? Matter of fact, later, and I can't wait till we get there, so I'm going to read it to you now. <clears throat> later in Hebrews chapter 12, we're told in verse 1, Therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance. Oh, there's some more lettuce. <laughs> let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How? Looking unto Jesus. Keep your eyes on him, folks. Remember what happened to Peter when he took his eyes off the Lord? He started to sink. It's always keeping your eyes on Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Man, he had a race to run. He had to keep his eyes on the prize. He, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. But we've got to follow that example by looking unto Jesus. Because... In, in verse 23, we're told, for he who promised is faithful. Folks, our hope, our strength, our confidence is in Jesus. Not in myself. I hope you don't, I hope you don't think, well, I can do this. You know, I know that's the American way. We can. We can. I know I can. We can. And it's like all oh, this can-do kind of mentality. But I think biblically, the proper understanding is I can't. Christ can and because Christ can, my confidence is in him. Again, I like the way Warren Worsby puts it. He says, The writer did not exhort them to hold, to their, hold on to their salvation, because their security was in Christ, not themselves. Thank you, Warren. Rather, he invited them to hold fast the profession or confession of hope. There is no manuscript evidence for the word faith here. By the way, there there's him explaining it. The Greek word is hope. So we hold on to our hope in Christ. And when a believer has hope fixed upon Christ, and he relies upon the faithfulness of God, not my faithfulness, not your faithfulness. How many of you guys have ever failed to be faithful in something, huh? huh? Have you ever been disloyal or unfaithful in something that you're ashamed of? I have. Christ wouldn't raise his hand, by the way. <laughs> and so we could look to him. Only when we have our hope fixed on Christ, then we won't waver because our strength is in him. He's our confidence. Instead of looking back as these, these uh, first century Jews were tempted to do uh, and often did, they, looked ahead. they had to look ahead to the coming of the Lord. Not only what Jesus did, not only what he's doing, but there's the coming of the Lord in this very text we're going to look at in a moment. Now, hope is the key focus of the book of Hebrews. It's one of the key focuses. There's many focuses. Look at back at chapter 3 of Hebrews 3, 6. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Have you ever lost your hope? Have you ever felt hopeless? It's a terrible place. It's a terrible thing. But the reason why Jesus died for you, the reason why he paved the way, he's the author and finisher of our faith, is so that our hope would be in him. And we don't have to hold on, hold on. We just hold on to Jesus. Just keep your eyes on him. He did it all, and he said it is finished for a reason. And now, now that he's done it for us, now our next hope 
is the blessed hope. You know what the blessed hope is? Titus says it in Titus 2.13. Looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. By the way, those of you who have a problem with uh, the deity of Christ, look at that verse. Our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Colts will have a problem with that. But that's, that's what Titus, that's, excuse me, Paul writing to Titus, that's what Titus, uh, the book of Titus holds. We're looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. By the way, if you're a Christian, Jesus is your great God, and he's your Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to move on. we got one more. Once we've drawn near to God, once we've held fast our, pu- our public confession of our hope, then we're ready for the next ingredients in the salad. You ready for that? Number three is, let us consider one another. Yeah, you keep your eyes on the, on the Lord, but you know it's not a the, Christianity isn't a, a Lone Ranger thing. It's not a solo thing. It's a group thing. It's a family thing. We're brethren. You consider one another. Look at verse twenty-four. It says, and let us consider one another, in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day the day of the Lord, approaching. So this has to do with love. Remember I told you there's faith, hope, and love? We've already looked at faith and hope. And now the three ingredients of the Christian experience is faith, hope, and love. Now we're seeing love. But you know what? Love means you've got to love each other. Okay? When it says, let us consider one another, um, and it talks about not forsaking the assembly of yourself together, you can't do this online. You can't do this from home. I know there's a lot of good people out there who may, maybe if you're very is, is exceptionally vulnerable or you've got COVID right now, um, there's times, there's times you need to stay home and live stream. But I think it's God's plan, unless you have extreme reason to shelter in place other than you like your slippers. We need to consider one another. We need to not forsake the assembly of ourselves together because we need one another. Because we're family, and we need, I'm going to show you in a second in this text some of the things we need from one another. Uh, there's a few key words in this text. In verse 24, it says, consider one another. And it, it, this expands the, the biblical mandate to love one another. It says, we draw near, we hold fast our confidence, but we also need to love one another. Oh, Folks, I've been a Christian for a long time, and I've been a pastor, I say around 38 years, and I've never seen a time of more division and hatred and resentment in the church of Christ as I have in the last few years. The enemy has found ways to divide us, to get us not to hang out with each other, to get us to just play it safe and watch it online. We need to knock it off. We need one another. Somebody today, somebody today, when I, 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 I met this sister and I gave her a handshake, she goes, you know what? First time I came to this church, I'm from California. I came a while back and it really shocked me because when you were introduced to me, you touched my hand and shook it. We were all wearing masks and not touching each other. Remember the fist bump? I'm done with that. You know, I, as a matter of fact, be careful because I just might hug you. We need to love one another. We need to draw near to God. We need to hold on to hope. 
And we need to hold on to one another as well. We need to love one another. And you can't do this at home because the Christian faith is all about love, about faith and hope. As a matter of fact, the scripture says the greatest is love. So you just stay home. I'm talking to people who are watching online. You just stay there where it's safe. No, okay, honest. Excuse me, folks, I have to talk to these guys because I just opened up, I just opened up a, a bag of worms. We love you. We miss you. If there's a reason to stay home, by all means, stay home. You've got a good reason. But if you can make it, come. Come to church. We love you. And come up to me and I'll give you a hug. Because this is the way it's supposed to be, okay? The greatest is love. We all need love. And, and, and one of the things that you need to keep in mind is one of the greatest ways you get to get encouragement is from one another interacting. Not just, now, I do get great encouragement when I'm at home in my quiet time reading my Bible or listening to Bible study online. I know that all that stuff could be good. But there's nothing like Holy Spirit interaction. Have you ever been, had a face-to-face conversation with somebody and they said something and you go, that's the Lord speaking. He does that in church from the pulpit, but he also does that just when you hang out with one another. Because loneliness, can I use this word? I usually don't. Loneliness sucks. I'm telling you something. And God created fellowship that we might not be lonely because we could love one another, we could build up one another and strengthen one another. And, and what, what do some of these one another's look like? Well, let's look again in verse 24. Look at the second half of the verse. It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. You know, one of the reasons we get together, and I, you may not like some of what I'm going to say here, one of the reasons we get together is to stir up love and good works. And uh, by the way, the original, in the original Greek, stir up, if, if you have, have access to the software, look it up. It means irritate. Poke. It's actually, it, it could mean incite, but it means don't let that person next to you get comfortable in their comfort zone. Hey, what are you doing for Jesus? Hey, you ever go to church and you leave convicted? Because the Lord's always poking you, always prodding you, always irritating you, inciting you, love and good works. You need to be living for the Lord. Don't just sit there. Don't just hide out. Love and good works. Church fellowship should never be a place where it, I, it's my comfort zone. I could go there and hide. That's why it's important to be here in person. Get out and do something, okay? We should be regularly stirring one another up to love and good works. Matter of fact, you, you come here, you can hear, well, we've got this, this assisted living place we're going to, and we want you to come and join us so we could love those folks who are trapped in their little world and we could go in and minister to them. We've got a, a prayer meeting we're going to go to. Matter of fact, they, you just heard from Jeremy. They went out under the Capitol steps and they had a time of prayer. Jeremy preached the gospel so many people could hear it. And you know what? He didn't need a microphone. You know, I don't know if you ever, ever hear his voice. He didn't need a microphone, okay? And so it's wonderful. We need to stir ourselves, each other up for love and good works. Do something. You can't all do the same thing. You don't all have to go on the, on the Capitol steps and preach. But we all got something we could do. We all got some way that we could have love and good works. Because, you know what, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, you love to quote, um, you know, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. Lest any man should boast. We love that verse. But have you ever looked at verse 10? Verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Why were you saved? 
You're saved to serve. Why were you created born again in Christ Jesus? For good works. You're not saved by good works. You're saved by His good work. But you're saved for good works. God has something good for you to do. Get out of your comfort zone. Loves, love people. Love and good works. Okay? Okay. Now, I'm almost done. I'm watching the clock too. I know you're watching the clock. Verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. I want to break down a few phrases in here, but I'll remind you again, this is not a do-it-yourself thing. This is a communal thing, not forsaking the assembly of yourself together. You can't isolate and do this at the same time. You can't pull back and, and at the same time not forsake the assembly of yourself together. The, I know the early church did not meet on Zoom, okay? So God help us. Now, exhorting one another in verse 25, that word exhorting actually means to come alongside one another. It's a, it's a call to communal comforting and loving and serving one another. You know what? What blesses me so much, when I come in here, before I even get here every Sunday, the chairs are set up, the sound system and the stage and the curtains, because there's a bunch of people who come here and serve the Lord by just doing all the work. Sometimes maybe I get to drop the curtain. I push the button. I get to do something. Could I push the button? But we got the hard-working people who make this happen. Church can't happen unless you get loyal Sunday school workers, nursery workers, ushers and greeters, security, sound people, and, 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 and IT department, musicians. Wait, there's a team. You can't, well, I'd like to just stay home. Could you imagine if all those people I just mentioned stayed home and watched online? It'd be a blank screen. Thank you, all of you who serve, all of you who come. You're doing what the Bible tells you to do. You're not forsaking the assembly of yourself, but you're exhorting one another. You're, you're loving. You're coming alongside. And now one more phrase I want to look at, and then we're done. Look at that last phrase. It says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. This could be a series, but I'm not. Because we need to be a people who are always looking for the return of the Lord. We need to be a people who are watching and waiting for Christ's return. Because to the degree you're, you're not, and to the degree you're looking at the world and everything, to that degree you're going to be spiritually ineffective. That's why today's text is the ingredients of spiritual health. It's, it's a healthy spiritual diet. And, and we also, by the way, I, I hope you didn't miss it. Oh, wait, I got the quote here. Did I get it right? To the degree our hope moves from Jesus to the world, to that degree we suffer spiritually. I forgot I suffer spiritually. I forgot I had it right there in my notes. It just popped up in my mind because it's in my notes. Okay. So we've also looked at today these three ingredients that you're going to talk about in your small groups of love, faith, and hope, but you've seen what these things should look like in action. They're not just nouns, they're verbs. Love, faith, and hope have actions to them. You can talk about that in your growth group and stir one another up, maybe even irritate one another, poke one another to, to, under love and good works. Because uh, these are the lifeblood and the heartbeat of the church and of every believer. Father, we bow before you. We just admit our need for you. Lord, I pray that through your word, you've spoken personally to people today. Lord, you know, 
You know who needs a poke. You know who needs a hug. Lord, we all need something. We all need something to move forward, but none of us need to just hold still and go backwards or to stay where we're at. Lord, call us by your Holy Spirit. Call us forward and not backward. May we follow these three exhortations to let us. May we draw near. May we hold on to our hope. May we consider one another and live the Christian life as it was meant to be lived. And right now as I'm praying, if there's anybody out here that you're saying, you know, Pastor Mike, pray for me. I need to step out of my comfort zone. I've been afraid. I've been holding back. But I know the Lord is calling me to step out of my comfort zone and move forward and live for him. I just need courage. Would you pray for me? Could you raise your hand up? I just want to pray for you. God bless. God bless you. God bless. God bless you. Anyone else who'd say, pray for me. I don't want to stay where I'm at. I want to come out of my comfort zone. I want to be stirred up to love and good works. Pastor Mike, would you pray for me? Anyone else? Father, you see the hands. You know what's going on. You know what's holding us back. And you know what it'll take to move us forward. And Lord, thankfully, you know what we're called to and what we're not called to. We certainly don't want to try to do something we're not gifted or called to do. But we certainly want to do what we are called to do and what we are gifted. So fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Forgive us for our apathy and our inactivity. And Lord, if there's anybody here who maybe you're here in person or streaming online or listens later on the radio who has never received the righteousness of God, who's never entered into the presence of God through the righteousness of Christ, Lord, hear their cry right now as they put their trust in you. If I'm praying for you, would you just call out in the name of the Lord right now? The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're not sure you're saved or you know you're not, could you just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying for me. I believe you rose again from the dead. Cleanse me from my sin. Deliver me from myself. Fill me with you and make me what you want me to be. That I might obey the words of Scripture. Hear my cries. I pray these things. We hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is one block north of Highway 44. You can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635. Once again, you can get any information you need at cceagle.org. There you will also find a link to join our Facebook page. So until next time, remember, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, the power of His name.